Welcome to From Earning to Learning, the podcast where we talk about all things education. I'm your host, Dave Franjosen. Welcome to another episode of From Earning to Learning. I'm Dave Franjosa. I'd like to say thank you to Vanessa Ellis for the inspiration for this episode and the blog post that I'm working on for December 1st. You know, I really do love when people reach out to me and, you know, it's not just something that I say. I want you to ask questions about like what I'm doing if something's not clear and let me know if you have better ways to approach things that I'm trying to accomplish. And in this case, I realized that I could probably be a little more clear in the ideas that I'm trying to convey around, um, you know, differentiating support. And sometimes when you're too close to something, you think that people just understand what you're talking about. You know, I've talked a lot about differentiating support as opposed to opportunity and why that's important, but I never really took the time to explain how I do it. You know, low floor, high ceiling, give every student what they need sounds great, but what does it mean and how do I do it? I know I've discussed why I think it's so important not to limit opportunities, and you can listen to my episode on managing differentiation and read some of my blogs, but a quick overview is we don't know what students are capable of until they try, practice, and try again. And, you know, there's also an impact on their self-esteem and confidence when they know that the tasks that they're getting are different from other students. And this holds true whether it's within the same course or even if it's across different levels of a course. So when we're designing learning opportunities, our focus is on creating something that any student can engage with from a novice that's seeing this for the first time to an expert that can create a detailed and complete response. And we do this in every aspect of the class, whether it's an explanation, problem solving, a lab investigation, or a project. Um, you know, let, let's take lab investigations as an example here. We have three different skills that we're trying to develop in our lab investigations, um, experimental design, data analysis, and arguing a scientific claim. Now, when we're introducing each skill within the lab setting, we do that separately and add pieces when appropriate. We provide templates and modeling as we move to new levels of sophistication with each skill. So all of this is done before we provide a prompt like the one that I'm about to discuss now. We frame each uh, lab opportunity as a task and provide relevant supporting materials. Um, a, a task could be something like determine the relationship between the force applied to an object and the rate of acceleration of that object. Once students begin to address this task, that's where the differentiation of support begins. Students will need assistance with experimental design. Others, you know, might need uh, some help with data analysis or arguing claims. And what they need in these areas, it'll be different as well. 
With experimental design, novices may need assistance in determining which equation to use um, that they can um, use in guiding their thinking or what equipment would be the best fit for collecting the information that they need. Um, students that are more proficient in these skills, they may need help identifying the sources of experimental error and ask for tips on how to limit those. You know, for data analysis, one student may be ready to identify trends where another is ready to produce mathematical models. Whatever it is, every conversation is different. It's the same prompt and students are working towards the same goal. They're just getting what they need in the process. You know, this same approach works for our other skills as well. You know, if we look at creating explanations, we can have a prompt that says, um, you know, a ball at the top of a hill is released from rest. Explain what happens to the speed of the ball as it moves down the hill. And there are many different ways a student can answer this question. You know, a novice may respond that, you know, when the ball's released, it'll start to go faster. You know, at this point, they've now invited me into a conversation. They're engaging with the prompt. And I can follow up with a question like, okay, great. Is there any physics that we've been studying that would support that? You know, guiding them to a more sophisticated response. If they reveal that, you know, they're not really sure of the physics, well, now I know where we need to focus our efforts. As students gain experience, maybe they would respond by accurately and completely addressing all of the kinematics um, that go into, um, you know, a, a problem like this. At that point, you know, I would challenge them to expand their thinking um, by discussing how forces influence this motion. So, and, you know, right now I'm just discussing how I interact with students, but Another benefit to differentiating support and providing students with the same opportunities is the peer collaboration that occurs and the rich discussions that happen around the room benefit everyone. You know, the students that are more proficient get to reinforce their knowledge by explaining and coaching their peers. The students that are novices get to work through their ideas with their classmates you know, hear varying viewpoints. And for some, it's much less intimidating for them to work with a classmate than it is to have to admit to a teacher that you're not quite sure about something. So when we talk about assessment, assessment is not about making sure students do everything you want them to do. It's about figuring out what they need and trying to provide that to them. Emotion and attitude play a big role in learning. And when students feel safe, supported, and part of the community, they will respond. And providing them similar opportunities to what their peers are experiencing is one way to move that forward. Thanks for listening. I look forward to hearing your feedback. For more resources, visit www.reimagineschools.com or reach out to me on Twitter at David Franjosa.